My Life Now is a half-hour podcast show which regularly features reviews of new releases and all-time classics of both traditionally published and self-published books. Tune in for special guest interviews and, of course, helpful tips to not only write your next book, but also to help market it. My Life Now is most often referred to as a great way for authors to get quality exposure and avid readers to discover their next read. Without further delay, here's another stimulating episode of My Life Now. Welcome back to another episode of My Life Now. My name is Dallas Montague and I am the co-host here today. And today we have another amazing guest, James Calvin Tibbs. And he has an amazing project happening right now. It's called Running Laps. And it's so cool. I've been watching a little bit of this the last few days. And Running Laps, it's to level up your discipleship skills and bring your spiritual content to life. And if that's something that we need in 2021, almost to 2022, I mean, we need this. We need to take a step up. And you guys know that I'm here in Brazil. I love this message of, guys, let's wake up. Let's step into the next step that God has for us. Let's Let's increase our skills of discipleship. And so I'm so glad to have you here today, Calvin. How are you? I am excellent, Dallas. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to sharing and growing today. Absolutely. Just a couple more things about this book, and then I'll give it to you and let you share a little bit about who you are for our listeners to get to know you better, okay? Okay. Sounds great. And so this book, One More Time, Running Laps, a 21st Century Disruptive Discipleship Design, is a book helping Christian leaders and believers level up as disciples. And these laps, he's going to go into a little bit more. It helps our spiritual content come to life by asking questions. And we'll get to that very, very soon. Before we do, I'm going to pray to get started and let the Lord lead us today. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your grace, your mercies every single day. Thank you for your love. Thank you for James Calvin here today joining us. I pray that you go before us in this message, that everything that we speak today will encourage the listeners, that they will leave differently than they came in today. We give it all to you, Lord. Speak to us. Teach us something new. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right. Go ahead, Calvin. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are? Well, I'm a father of three children, a husband of one wife. 37 years, a grandparent of uh, two beautiful uh, girls, little baby girls, one that's a redhead, and so she snuck up on us, but God knows we're so glad wow. that, yeah, that she's here. Um, our daughter in love is from Spain, and you, you're mixing Spanish and what I call ham, sham, and Japheth. So uh, <laughs> you put Noah's kindred together, which all of us are byproducts of, of Noah's wife and uh, the three sons, of course, of, of Noah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's, that's how we sort of arrived uh, on the planet in that regard. As far as my walk with God is concerned, it started very early on, probably eight, nine years old, just had a leaning towards God. And people would say, you know, you're going to be a preacher one day. And honestly, I never wanted to be a preacher uh, at all. And through college and a broadcasting management major, uh, which led to a commissioning in the in the army as a lieutenant. Uh, very quickly, in four years, I decided to get out at the rank of captain because I I wanted to be about the business of enjoying uh, life in that pursuit. Uh, but I couldn't shake the fact that there was something the Lord wanted, and I really entered the ministry through what I call the music ministry, 
uh, as we started a, a singing group there in Texas at Fort Hood. And uh, it was J. Calvin Tibbs and the Ambassadors for Christ. And it was all military people or somehow off affiliated. And we worked and sang all over the place and then got out. And once I got out of the Army, came to Atlanta and it was like, what am I going to do? And lo and behold, I walk into a church and a man of God says, use it or lose it. And mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't know what he was really talking about. I hadn't been introduced to a prophetic ministry like that before. And when we talked, he thought I was actually pastoring a church somewhere. And I'm like, that is not what I am doing. It's not what I'm here for. And uh, he said, well, all I can tell you is the call of God is on your life. And uh, if you come here, we can help you with it. Okay. So we went and shucks, we stayed there probably 18 years total where I became the praise and worship leader, the associate pastor, and then ultimately got launched as the pastor of Kingdom Dominion Church, which has now been for the past 14 years here in greater wow, Atlanta. Praise God. Yeah. Praise so God. That's how we arrived here. Uh, Dallas, of course, a lot of bumps in the way, a lot of uh, hills and valleys and things along the road. But uh, we're here and we're glad that the Lord doesn't change his mind, even when we sometimes do. Do you have a favorite Bible verse? ChristianWalls.com will have it. ChristianWalls.com makes Bible verse art for your home, office, living room, and more. Imagine your favorite scripture on the wall. ChristianWalls.com can put your favorite Bible verse on the wall. ChristianWalls.com's goal is to bring God's Word into your home through beautiful art. ChristianWalls.com can also make custom designs for you. They can also take a family picture and add scripture to that as well. Check out ChristianWalls.com to brighten up your home today. Growing up in different eras, Charlita and Reed had no idea their paths would ever cross until one Sunday afternoon. After learning of Reed's continuous battle with cancer, the friendship between the two deepened, causing an effect to both natural and spiritual realm. After what they've experienced together, will love be the answer in keeping Reed alive? Purchase your copy of No Greater Love by Charlita Houston on Amazon today. That's it. Amen. I always tell people, I'm not here today because I kept choosing him, but because he kept choosing me. That's why I'm here. Like because that. I've fallen down, I've made mistakes, but he keeps choosing me. Yeah. Praise God. Yeah. His mercies are new every day. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, thank thank you. you so much for sharing a little bit about yourself. Anything else you want to share? Maybe a recent testimony, something God's taking you through right now? Well, you know, he's taken me through this book. Uh, What's amazing is about five years ago, four years ago, we were in the midst of a major church growth, retooling uh, progress or process. And literally on the last day of it, uh, we're saying to the congregation, what a great blessing. Uh, We've had our dear brother here for the longest time. And uh, we're thanking God that our, our process is all over. That same week, I had a stroke. And that was totally crazy for everybody, of course, including me, because I'm sort of a health advocate and things of that nature. And after that stroke, uh, we lost some members and things began to change. And all of a sudden, uh, we were looking at what are we going to do from here? And I can safely say four and a half years or maybe five later, I clearly understand why the pressure was such as it was then. Because we recognize in our, in our training that 
there are two real tracks that God wants every person on in every ministry, and that is an outreach track or evangelism and a discipleship track, which is pure discipleship. And as soon as we got on that track, the enemy attacked, and it took that long to finally understand that the book that we'll talk about later was, in fact, designed for this moment, which is a way in the 21st century to do discipleship, not differently than the way Jesus did it, but through a different method, because we don't live back then, we live today, but to use the same message and create different methods, I think we can make the Lord pleased with uh, his agenda, which we all share. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as a missionary myself, I agree with that. I absolutely agree. I'm not a missionary because it's what I do. It's because it's who I am. And I think every person is called to this, like what you're saying. What would you say to those people who don't agree? You know, I would, I would honestly encourage them to do sort of along the lines of what Jesus did. And he said this, I think, 11 times in the scripture and then another 30 times he said the opposite. He said this, have you not read? So it's right there in the Bible. So for those who disagree, it's right there in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And then he says, it is written another, you know, almost 30 times. And so what is written about discipleship? Well, he said it in Matthew 28. He said to go teach, make mm-hmm. and baptize. He told everybody to do that. Yeah. And he told, told us to do so, starting with our Jerusalem, wherever that is, wherever we live, it's our home, that's our Jerusalem. Then for those who expand further to their Judea, their Samaria, and then it appears that, as in the case that, that you're working out, the uttermost parts of the earth have landed you in Brazil. Mm-hmm. So somewhere along that track, there is a Jerusalem, a local, there is a little bit further outreach, and a little bit further, and a little bit further still Everybody has that responsibility as the word again, it is written, says, how will they hear unless there is a preacher? And how is there a preacher even available unless the preacher is sent? Mm -hmm. And since the classic reality of discipleship is not sitting in a classroom, because Jesus didn't, nothing wrong with classrooms, I've sit in many of them, but the fact is our life is supposed to be a place where we live out the faith that we have. That is everyone's responsibility. So to those who don't agree, I just encourage them to read the word and uh, let the word reveal that that truth. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for touching on that. Now to your book, just for our listeners to hear, this book is going to be available soon. And it's a very exciting concept, a very exciting topic. Like he's saying the same message, different methods. So I'm excited to hear about this. What led you into writing this book, Running Laps? A couple of things happened, uh, Dallas. Of course, COVID hit, and in the midst of that, our leadership team continued to meet on the phone via Zoom, and we got to a point in the midst of the year, and the question was raised, how are we going to do it, which essentially would have been a year ago right around now. And I honestly was reasonably taken aback because my thought was, we are not going back to what we did before. Now, that wasn't the question. That's how I interpreted the question. And so at that point, I said, we're going to do things differently. We're going to train differently using Zoom platforms or whatever um, virtual uh, opportunities that exist. And we're going to do something different, but we're going to still utilize the goal of God, which is that the world will know us by our love. So at that late, later that night, I went to woke up early, early in the morning 
it was literally the next day, and I'm praying, and I'm saying, Father, you know, what is it? What is it that you want me to do? I mean, you got to tell me, because frankly, I don't know how we're going to come back and what we're going to train on. And I heard very clearly, I've dropped it in your lap. And I thought, well, you know, it's four or five in the morning, nobody's here, what's in my lap? I heard it again. I've dropped it, I placed it right in your lap. Well, about 18 months earlier, our, our men were not all that receptive to reading books and having Bible studies every week or reading a chapter of a given book and then discussing it. And since that would cause some guys to drop off because they didn't know the material or they didn't do the homework, I decided to adjust it to go to video content. So I said, this is what we're gonna do. Again, this is 18 months earlier. And I say to them, we're going to look at a video together. I'll send you the link ahead of time. If you can get a jump on it, great. If you can't, 10, 15, 20 minutes into that video, at the end of it, we're gonna ask three questions. What did you like? What did you learn? And what didn't you like? Well, those first two L's were the beginning of what the Lord ultimately said, I've dropped it in your lap. And it all of a sudden came. What did you like? What did you learn? How can you apply it? What is your prayer? Is there a prophetic word from God? And is there a statement that you want to make about the content you heard, you just heard, read, or or listened to? And at that point, I was totally blown away that the goal of how we are we are going to, and since that time have, trained believers is to get them to comment on the content they just heard. This fulfills the righteousness of the scripture that says, be ye doers of the word, not just hearers only. It gave people a voice where when they can hear out of their own mouth what they just heard, now we have Jesus running laps in the Old Testament. And I begin to see all these other places where he asked the, the disciples, who do men say that I am? And then he got very specific, who do you say that I am? So these questions being asked, really are intended to prompt the person into what I call the first awareness of, of purpose, which, or the first milestone of purpose, which is called awareness. And when believers can become aware that our environment is talking to us, and secondly, that we need to talk to our environment, listening to material or reading material or seeing things that are spiritual in nature, we can begin to contribute back to that environment by running laps around the content that we heard. So that's how it actually started, and it was pretty incredible. I like it because it's not just a book, but it's a method. Like you, like you said, when you said a method, now I get it. Now I understand the method. Yes, yes, wow. yes. And this is why like, I, I think about you at another level because you, 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 it took a lot to leave the comforts of normalcy, we'll just call it. You're in an entirely different country, which means you have eaten this message, hook, line, and sinker, to the point where it has cost you what we'll just say the normal processes of life because you're pursuing the Christ. Well, let's just say that there are people who may not ever go that far. The concept is the same. Take the word of God and let it come alive. And for you, it led you there. For others, mm -hmm. they're going to their cubicle tomorrow or they're headed to their office tomorrow. Wherever it is, the concepts of being able to take content and let it come alive in us is the doing of that word that Jesus commands us all to do. Mm -hmm. That applying, 
Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. And some of your personal journey walking through this COVID time, because there's been so many books inspired through COVID. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. I think God wanted us to post some new content because he gave us COVID. It's kind of funny how all this happened. But in this time of COVID in your personal life and God was saying, I put it in your lap. What else was going on in your mind or in your spirit during that time? You know, the first level usually of getting information to people starts with your leaders. And that was my first thought. I got to help them see it. And I ran it past my wife first, as uh, any good husband ought to do. And she, of course, began to poke, poke holes in it because she was trying to verify whether it could stand, you know, a more scrutinizing eye from our, from our leaders. And I found that I needed to explain it more. And so what ended up coming through my mind was, how can I make what seems so easy and obvious to me, easy and obvious to them? And so the best, best way to do that was to demonstrate it. And so once I started demonstrating it, I, I really went back to my, my broadcast management days of learning how to interview people way back then. Mm -hmm. And so instead of the concept being the preacher is the center, now the word is the center of the person who heard it. Now let's help that person draw out that word by giving them an opportunity to bring that content to life. So we have found from that that we literally have to almost say, okay, okay, we got enough, uh, what you liked and what you learned. Let's move on to the application because when people begin to sort of awaken to the reality that that word is in them, it, mm -hmm. it is in the pastor, but it's in them too. And when it's okay for God's word to be in a person who is, quote, not as super spiritual as another individual, now the playing field gets level. And since there are more people in the stands, than there are on the field in any sporting event, I think we can begin to tip the scale spiritually because there are more people in the stands than walking their faith out Monday through Friday or Sunday to Sunday. And all of that began to emerge uh, in the process of it, which then led to the writing of a book. I wasn't even intending to do that, but the doors began to open and, and we walked right through them. So it kind of started as a project for your church and for your ministry, and then it kind of overflowed into the book. Exactly. I had no intentions of writing a book at all. In fact, the lady, her name is Dr. Uh, Kay, and she is a local um, uh, chiropractor here in the Atlanta area. And she mentioned to me, I think you ought to get in this class uh, sponsored by New Degree Press. But it's a Georgetown class, the, the Georgetown Warriors. And I'm like, wow, that's interesting. And in this class were so many different people who were all authors from all over the world, from as far away as China, some in Europe, and, of course, many in the United States, even some from South America. And we were all in the class together on Zoom. And the unconventional method that they taught uh, caused me to begin to literally put this book together. So, yeah, it was literally helped my own church first. And now, hundreds of people later, we have been in, you know, different cities ministering it from Pennsylvania uh, Harrisburg to uh, Kentucky. We've done it, just left Chattanooga, sharing the same concepts. And, of course, here in, in Atlanta. And later, we'll set up opportunities for pastors to learn this because we're not taking away from what God told them. 
We're just trying to help the folks remember what God told them before they hit the parking lot, mm-hmm. because 80, 85 percent of what people hear, according to statistics, has forgotten by the time they reach the parking lot. So mm-hmm. we just changed our whole service to start running laps after the message, after the salvation call, after the offering. We then do Acts 238 through 42, which is to literally ask the question, L-A-P-S, and according to Scripture, they grew and signs, wonders, and miracles broke out, and the Lord added to the church daily, and we're beginning to see elements of those things happening. Wow, that's amazing, because I, I haven't seen a service where they do that at the end, you know? Wow, that's really cool. Hmm. I've never heard of this. Like, I've never yeah, heard of it. I hadn't either, you know, but I think about Jesus at the greatest sermon ever preached, which was about three chapters. We, we think it's just Matthew 5, where the Beatitudes begin. But if we look at chapter 5, 6, and 7, I think it's not until till chapter 8 that he finishes that message. And he's saying things like, look at over there. Look at the lilies. See those lilies over there? He's outside. He said, they don't toil. They don't spin. Mm-hmm. But in all of Solomon, in all of his glory, could not array himself as one of these. How much more important are you? And so those questions were woven in his message. So when we started doing this, part of what made this easy, Dallas, a little easier than perhaps if COVID hadn't hit, is that the Holy Spirit had been telling me, open the service, preach the word. And I always had open the service, prayer, praise and worship, some announcements, preach the word. And I knew, okay, move the announcement. But he didn't say any of that. He said, open the service, preach the word. So I didn't do that for two years before COVID. When we went online full time during the first 12 months of the pandemic, when people hit that YouTube or that Facebook post or that that live broadcast, it was instantly, hello, greet the people, pray and share the word. So when we started going back to church, I did not deviate from that plan at all. So from that, when it's now time for us to run laps, first of all, putting praise and worship sort of at the end was not all that unusual any longer because now we're getting people involved and I'm beginning to have more and more people say, I've never been in a church that does it like that where even the people have a voice. And so it's, it's amazing to everybody because none of us were raised to do church, if you will, like this. And I think it disrupts the routine of Christianity. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Because here in Brazil, from my perspective, it's naturally a Catholicism background and a very foundationally religious, you know? And my goal, not my goal, but my mission has been lately over the last two years is to disrupt that, to say, hey, wake up. There's still more. There's still more. It doesn't matter how long you've been coming to church. Jesus has more for you, you know? Not yeah. going into it all the way, but I like this idea of what you're doing because it disrupts that. What they expect church to look like, that's not what it looks like anymore. Yeah. And then they have to apply it, and then they have to speak, and you have to use what you learned. That's amazing. Yeah, we have seen the light bulbs come on. Uh, one, two services here lately, we have put four chairs. We've done it so many different ways, like the message is over, the offering has been taken, the salvation call has gone forward. And now we're running laps. And what we have done is we've just had a person pass the microphone through the congregation, raise your hand, 
and tell us what you liked or what you learned. And we would go through it that way. We've also recently put a few chairs up on the platform and said we've done as many as eight, four. So we put four chairs up. We said, okay, two people know they're coming. We're going to fill the next two chairs from you. And, of course, nerves kick in as if the spirit of fear. Mm-hmm. No, don't pick me. Exactly. Don't pick me. Exactly. He's looking down <laughs> in their purse and their pocketbooks. And I'm like, why are you looking down? That's not how this goes. We got to go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well. And I'm like, God did not give you a spirit of fear. If you're worried about what other people think about what God's telling you, we have a problem, Houston. If we can't in this house accept the love of God from other people, how do you think you're going to accept it out in the world with strangers who don't know you and the Lord may tap you on the shoulder and ask you to tell that person something about him? So we need to get practice. So we pick a person and, and then, of course, people are looking away when you go to their section. <laughs> but ultimately, we've gotten to the point where the two people who have joined the two regular people They've done so well. They had such insights about what God said to them that it was. Just, it has been exhilarating to know that God is speaking things that you never said. You didn't even tell them what they just heard God say to them. And the beauty of that is contagious. And so we now work the room after the event to say, you know, you could do that too. And we're building faith that comes by hearing, and what better place to hear from than from your own mouth about what God's saying to you. So we're excited that this will mobilize the body of Christ through the running of laps and perhaps raise the degree of our fervor for him. Just one or two degrees is enough, I think, even though we'd love to raise it 20 and 30 degrees and make everybody hot. But for the lukewarm, let's get them out of it. And for those who are kind of hot, let's get hotter. For those who are working their way from cold, come on over here. You got a voice. You're important. We need to hear what God is saying to you through the running of laps. Tonight, we have an event. Guess what we're doing after? We're running laps. Come on. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) I'm going to test it out. (laughs) That's amazing. I see here that you broke the book up into two sections. Part one, learning the concept of laps, why it's important, and part two, learning how to run the laps. What else can you add about this and about your book? You know, it was interesting that the publisher or one of the editors who would make me uh, kindly, professionally, but still make me break down concepts like, you know, we're talking about things such as corporate prayer. Well, those who work in the body of Christ know what that means. But she was making it clear that those who are not normal or regular churchgoers have no idea. That's how the part one and part two sections were birthed. It was through her saying, why don't you begin to, or it sounds like what you're telling me through this chapter is what it is. And then why don't perhaps in the second half you consider how to do it? And so it began to flow in that way because just like anything that's new, You know, there is always the, am I doing it right kind of thing. But the relationship, as you very well know, with the Lord is not about what we do right. It's what he has already done right. Mm -hmm. What we're supposed to do is just let his right become our right. And that's what we're learning to become. So with laps, we wanted everyone to understand, first, you can run it. This is what it is. It's the process of critical thinking skills 
being activated on spiritual content, whether that's verbal, you hear it, whether you read it, or whether you see it live or in a video. So now, doesn't matter the environment that I'm in, part one of the book is showing how or what LAPS literally is capable of doing, and part two is how do you actually implement the skill set? They see a little bit of the implementation in, in the first several chapters of the book, um, and, and one of those examples is a young man in his early 20s who uh, his father died some years ago and we were in business together, and I sort of adopted him as a, a son, if you will, and we just talk every now and then, and I mm -hmm. called him just to check on him, and I ended up in the midst of like the first five minutes finding out that he's a junior diplomat here in the United States about to finish a program where the State Department would put him somewhere around the world. And as soon as he said that, I'm like, oh, hold it. Do you mind if I record this? Because then I went through what I'm doing with writing a book. This young man's in that book now because the question of discipleship, he answered from his perspective. So when they read about Kyle, a 21-year-old, and they read about Dr. James O. Davis, who is arguably one of the top 10% of those who are spreading the gospel around the world, kind of undercover, but not so much undercover. He's mobilizing churches. He's in the book to a lady who she and her husband pastored for 40 years. And when I introduced the concept, her husband, current husband, because her pastor husband passed uh, some years ago, this new husband doesn't have the same uh, background from a spiritual vantage point. And she says things like, he loves it when you ask these questions because it gives a chance uh, for people to, for him to learn. And he says, it's different, but I love it. You have her in the book giving us a before, lapse before and lapse after. They didn't call it lapse back then. I'm calling it lapse today. It's discipleship in both eras, but I'm just building a gap, yeah. you know, bridging the gap to let folks know the Old Testament saints or the older generation, they were doing it differently, or they were doing it without a label. This group calls it mentoring, but I'm going to bridge that together by helping people recognize you don't have to be physically in church to be aware of what God's doing. When you come to church, you just bolster that strength even more. But let's not wait till we get there to be what we are called to be, and that is, of course, salt and light in the world and running laps helps us to become aware of how to do that. I see here on your website, they have a couple campaign goals. What are some ways that our listeners can get involved with this project? Well, essentially they can go to a, a website called Indiegogo, I-N-D-I-E-G-O-G-O.com. And when they go to Indiegogo.com, they're going to find all kinds. Well, they're going to have to type my name in, James Tibbs running laps. So Indiegogo.com. And then when you get there, the search bar, just type in James Tibbs running laps. Because I found out, Dallas, there's another group called Running Laps, and it's a movie. So I don't know. Uh. <laughs> I don't know how this squares or if it's connected in any kind of way, but that'll get them there. And there are lots of perks that are available. For example, if an individual gets that, uh, that bundle perk that we have, they're going to get a signed copy of the book. In fact, every purchase is going to be, in this window at least, a signed autograph copy, and I'm going to send it to them directly once the uh, printer is located and, and finished, I should say, not located, but finished with all of the work. 
We're going to allow people to join the author community. That's going to be important. But when that bundle pack is purchased or any of those in that realm, they also get a chance to read the introduction and help me select the cover, which I thought I had. But New Degree Press says, no, let's get the community involved. And I really think that's cool. So they'll have in the acknowledgments section their name, and they're going to get some other little things like pins and uh, some notebooks and things of that nature. But more than even that, they're going to get the experience of learning how to be who God made them. Because most people are not, quote, fivefold ministry. They are still called sons and daughters, and they're going to get an experience on how they can activate their life, whether they're in the blue-collar field of life, the white-collar field, they're high academic, no academic. It does not matter. The goal of this book, and when they read it, it's going to transfer. They will be empowered to bring content to life in this way. The Lord will be pleased with them, and they will be pleased because they can make meaning in part about why they are on the planet. Amazing. Well, again, thank you so much for being here today with us. Thank you, Dallas. Thank you so much, and may the Lord bless you in the work that you do. Thank you. And if I can have you end our podcast with a prayer, I'd really appreciate it. Absolutely. It'll be my pleasure. Father, you are amazing. You are incredible. You're incredible on every continent. You're incredible in South America, in North America, in Europe, in Asia, in Africa, all over the planet. You have placed your people strategically, putting the seed in the womb. You have now given birth to natural people who, when they are born again, they get a chance to bring content to life. Now, Father, just as your word says in Psalms 139, David made it very clear that while an embryo in his mother's womb, you knew him and you wrote in a book the pages of his life before he lived a single day. Father, I thank you that our pages have joined now. We're all on the same page of our life and that we're listening to this information. And I praise you for causing it to come to life. I thank you for blessing every hearer to become an effectual doer so that the pages that you wrote on before a single day was lived might bless those who are intended to read Jesus on the lives of these who know who you are. And for that, we praise you. Bless this work, and we honor you for victory. In Jesus' name, thank you so much, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening and supporting another episode of My Life Now. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast show and share it with a friend. Together, we can keep the message of these books alive. Until we turn the next page together, stay classy.